another Blur's Day, and that means it's time for Sky Pirate Podcastaways. Today, I'm your host, Kevin. Jace is not here because he's got shingles. May have and, died of it, I'm not too sure. And uh, Sydney's in internet lockdown because they were abusing... They were abusing what is a privilege, and they they had to get it shut off. Joining me is Joel Vanderveld. What's going on? How are you? And other we're, salutations. We're, we're doing well. And also, we have Max again. Press A to say hi. <laughs> that's some topical quite, video game humor. Yeah, that's quite what good. I, was I like that. That's what. Uh, that, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, so, Joey and me are doing with Skypar Studios developer boys, we make games. We do, we do. And what games are we making at the moment? We're making Help I'm Haunted, which is a fun, jumpy, shooty game on your iPhones and your iPads, which is coming up to be soon. We've spent a year on it. We've learned a lot. We can make better games now, but this is still a good game, and we're going to try and get it out start next year. Been a bit of fun. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Very excited. Yeah, it, yeah. It's the first game. It's going to be good. You're going to see. You're all going to see. <laughs> uh, recently, we uh, started building up the little one-touch samurai game called Tokyo Sword Club. We have slick sword flights sword fights and uh that is will be coming out uh hopefully in the next few months as well yeah hot on the tails of help i'm haunted that one should be yeah a whole bunch of fun that you can play with your friends and family and be win glorious sword fights yeah as we as we get as we start wrapping up on horror and stuff and we start having we start having finished projects then we'll be able to share more we'll have more uh blog posts and stuff and kind of fill you in on how the development is going but it's all it's all going pretty good yeah please watch it's this all, space i suppose yeah cool uh and also i'm putting together a little star wars fan game and it's gonna be great <laughs> <laughs> so uh you should be able to see some uh, fun little videos that kevin's been doing and cabaret uh atat is having a bit of a dance and and such I think Crazy. what I want to show with it, it's about like, it's about growing up with <laughs> Star Wars, I think. It's about, because I've got all that, it's like at its base, it's hopefully it's going to be a nice little hand solo shooter game. But then on top of that, we have like effects and layers with all this like photocopied hand solo stuff. And uh, just me making made-up stories about Han Solo over the top of it. So it's evoking, it's evoking like watching Star Wars and also playing a game about Star Wars and also playing with Star Wars action figures and stuff <laughs> and the trading cards and stuff like that. So it's going to be fun. Speaking of which, uh, have you guys, you guys are aware of the, the Stormtrooper blooper in the, in the first movie where you see him hit his head on the... In the elevator door, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I yeah. saw this. Yeah, cool. So, in Battlefront, they've got a the dice. I believe it's dice, right? 
um, yeah. have added a nice little Easter egg in one of the training missions at the very start. You know, you get a couple of uh, soldiers talking there, and then all of a sudden in the background, you can see a stormtrooper walk and hit his head on the side of a staircase. And it's a nice little touch, and it made me giggle. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Do you think it's the same one? It's totally the same guy, and <laughs> he's the same he's guy. Just, he keeps he's, doing, yeah, it. exactly. He's just as embarrassed, and no one, <laughs> no one has has the courage or like feels bad enough to like fire him. They want to keep him on. They just feel sorry for he's him. He's trying his, he's <laughs> trying his best. Exactly. You know, he joined it. He thought it was a noble cause, so they respect him for it. But he's a horrible stormtrooper. I was playing uh, Battlefront Two mm. today. I was playing the old one because I enjoyed it. I, I think that I'd like what I f- feel about Battlefront 2 versus the new one because I played the beta is that the new one feels like it's like evoking watching the movie and the old one feels like it's trying to like more be the world and put you in it. Yeah, right. Because, you you know, you get into a... You walk up to a TIE fighter and then you get in it and then you fly it out of the hangar instead of you Mm. you crouch down and then the TIE fighter flies in. I never got a chance to play the old ones, so, like, yeah, it's interesting to hear the comparison and whatnot. Yeah, it's really really fun. I've I've found out a thing today that I didn't know before because I love in the... In the space battles that they have, when you have, like, a Star Destroyer fighting, you know, whatever the Rebel version of a Star Destroyer is, mm. you can, like, there's different, <clears throat> there's all kind of different ships and stuff that you can take out of your hangar, bombers and fighters and stuff, and you can, you can, like, shoot the enemy, like, mothership from the outside, or win by being better at shooting down all their fighters, or you can go inside their ship and like infiltrate it and then shoot a bunch of dudes inside and blow up the like life support systems and stuff with bombs. Neat. And I was, I flew into the hangar and I was in there blowing stuff up and then I died and then I respawned and I respawned back inside their mother ship and I was really confused. I was, I was like, oh, well, it's just a good bug. Let's go in there, try and do it again. <laughs> but it turned out what it was is because I had landed uh, one of the ships you could take is like a, like a landing, it was a landing craft. And if you get that in your hangar, then that's just... That's another spawn point. <laughs> cool. They sound Until like they, blow it they up. sound like completely different games. Like the new ones, you know, multiplayer, crazy big battles, and this one's more of a focus on different choice in the Star Wars universe and what you can do. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of different stuff you can do, and it, it had a it had a big scale as well. In that there were probably like twenty people on a. There's probably like 20 agents or whatever on each side. Oh, right. Okay. Um, but a lot of it was just you could play against bots and stuff, and that that is really fun. Cool. And there's the, there's the Galactic Conquest mode, which just links a bunch of... Because they have all the... Because the classes are discrete and they're not like a bunch of different upgrades and stuff, you know, there's just... You have like a assault dude and a dude with a rocket launcher and a sniper and stuff like that mm. 
they had this galactic conquest mode where you were on a big like star map and you would win money for winning fights and then you could spend that money on unlocking the rest of your classes and stuff Cool. And take over all the planets. It was a good time. It I made think it, it could feel blow up planets as well. Probably yeah. you get like the Death Star or something yeah. blow stuff up. It was cool. like it was a very it was a very simple layer on top of it, but it was it made it feel a lot more like you were doing Star Wars stuff. Yeah, sweet. Whatever happened to the old uh, like the Rebel X Wing games? You know, they're super crazy sim games. Whatever happened to them? You know, it'd be really they interesting. Were... I want to see those come back with really kind of neat looking dashboards that you get to fly around in and. Yeah, you can you can get those um, on uh, GOG now, but yeah, that that even the like the vehicle flying combat in the new Battlefront's just not it's not great, and they have that that first person in the cockpit view, and it looks amazing, yeah. but it's putting yourself at such <laughs> yeah, a disadvantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no point. Normal combat's like that as well, I found when I was playing the beta. It's a, yeah, cool, you can play first person, but don't. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that they got taken up by, like, Rogue Squadron was the game that had oh, yeah, right. all the ship fights and stuff in it. Because I've been, obviously, I've been researching a lot of different Star Wars stuff, doing stuff for the little jam game. Yeah, cool. But that's that's almost like a very different sort of game in that like that's Rogue Squadron was on the console, whereas those were those PC. TIE Fighter and X Wing, yeah, the PC games for dudes with joysticks and you know, their whole setup I imagine. Yeah. I think it's just the way the the sort of PC gaming market has kind of shifted. Yeah, sure. It'll come back. Oculus Rift will bring it back. Yeah, maybe. I bet. Yeah. That'd be pretty Oculus neat. Oculus Rift awesome. will also bring back uh, FMV games. I know, I'm uh, hoping a new twist in the Leisure Suite Larry games. Well, that, wouldn't that Ooh. be nice? <laughs> wouldn't that be a treat? <laughs> All it's going to be is you can now play Candy Crush with an Oculus Rift. Ooh. Ooh. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Thanks I very much. Taste these candies. Thanks, Mr. Zuckerberg. <laughs> Or a game where you get to play as an animal inspector denying uh, certain dogs and cats in your... I don't know what that was, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, good wouldn't game. that be fun? Good game. Good, good game. Good game, my buddy. That should, that should be a thing each week. We just think of this just dumb game uh, and we talk about that for a little bit. Well, I think we'll do that. We've got a, we've got an idea yeah. for us for a section yeah. later on. All right, sweet. What have you been playing? Me or Max? You, Joey. Me. Um, I have got to check out. I played a bit of the beginner's guide, um, but I think most of my time has been uh, making a small settlement settlement on Fallout. You know, because oh yeah, that's fun. Uh, I what did I do today? I just put concrete slabs everywhere for about two hours and I was like right I'm done with Fallout for today so <laughs> you know at that point when it's not a game anymore and it's, it's yeah just, that's something people get paid for yeah, you know civil construction I'm like nah we're done here <laughs> so that was that was a bit of fun but I did find this cool uh this cool little faction they're called the Adam Cats and they all speak in 50s colloquialisms and and they hot out like the power armor like hot rods and I thought it was a real treat. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. They are best friends. They are. They are. We we get on like a house on fire. 
Is there is there a best friend system in this game? There is, but only for your camp companions. Um, and there's some pretty good ones. My favorite in the Fallout universe so far have been uh, in this one. Tell us more. Uh, what I want to know. Well, without spoiling it, the two, my two favorites are Hancock, who's a ghoul, and uh, Nick Valentine, who is a synth, and he's a real like noir private detective that you get on your side. And <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, you go after like his personal quest. You go after this pre-war uh, mobster named uh, Eddie Winter, and it's it's really cool. You got to go around getting his holotapes tapes and try to figure out where he's located. And yeah. He's he's a fun character. That's good stuff. Yeah, I like a, I like a robot private eye. Yeah, he's really he's got his own detectives agents, detective agency, <laughs> and everything. And yeah, he's got a cool story. Um, and on the other hand, Valentine's just this kind of takes after no, sorry, not Valentine. Hancock takes after like old American you know, civil liberties and stuff, you know, creating a country where man can live how he wants to live and stuff. So. Hmm. He's really fun to you know check out, and he runs a town, and yeah, really cool characters in this one. But yeah, that's about it. What about you guys? You want me to go? All right. Um, well, I've been. You know, can I ask you guys a question? Absolutely, you may. Depends. Do do you have the need for speed? Because oh. I've been I've been playing a bit of the old well the new Need for Speed, um just called Need for Speed. Right. <laughs> Apparently it's a reboot. I don't know why. I think people liked the last couple of games, but um yeah I've been playing that and I'm I'm pretty glad that there is a game out there that's willing to say what most games <laughs> want, um, which is that we all know in real life we do this, but. Games won't admit it. We should divide, like, we should define people's personalities by uh, the type of monster energy drink that they of drink. Of course. Fantastic. Why isn't this in how, every how game? Does this how does this actually present itself in Need for Speed? Okay, well, you meet, like, the mechanic lady who's, like, real badass and she's like, I edgy. don't have time for you and stuff. Yeah, of course she drinks a blue rehab. <laughs> It's probably called something like Greased Lightning or something. I don't know. So and you just... When do you meet? Are they in cutscenes or are they yeah, in the they, world? Yeah, they've got a full motion video cutscene. Of the, they're all drinking energy drinks. They're all... Like, you'll go into this sort of weird 50s-style diner that's for some reason open in the middle of the night. The whole game takes place at <laughs> night and everything's open, I guess. And everyone's sort of sitting around, you'll look in the little booths and everyone's sitting around with, you know, 500 mil cans of Monster Energy. <laughs> like this what guy's a, drinking, what a, this guy's drinking the yellow ones, that means he's more of like a tech guy. What a fucking horrible future that would be where just like us as a society go out and just drinks, energy drinks. Yeah, well, I guess you can't have them drinking like a beer or something. Cause well, it's the, because they, it's because, uh... In that world, they blocked out the sun. <laughs> it's, it's like there's this strange dystopia going on that nobody will talk about where everyone has to drink monster energy drink and no one talks about the fact that the sun never comes up. <laughs> it's because if you talk about it, you get sent to the camps. Yeah. Where they turn you um, into a monster energy drink. Like yeah, solid it's, green. It's, it's solid green. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fuck. Um, I've also been playing a bit of a little game on the PC called Verdun. Oh, which... neat. I, that game kind of... I really like my World War games, and that game seems really fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, um... Uh, well, I don't know if I'd call it fun, even. Right. <laughs> it's, a, like, it really it really evokes... So it's awesome. A, it's, it's a online shooter set in World War One, um, which isn't your typical, you know, online shooter setting. Um, so this is a lot of trenches, a lot of, like, really barren... Um, you know, beat up, you know, French countryside that's all just dirt and mud and rain. And um, it's, it's, really, it's really interesting. It's pretty intense. Um, the, you've got things like really long reload times, awesome. um, really long respawn times. It can be, um, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's a really good example of how you can you know, evoke a, a theme or an idea, or in this case, like a period, um, through game mechanics, because yeah. everything's slanted towards the defender in this case, where if you're attacking, basically it'll take place over a series of rounds and your objective for one side is to attack a trench, whereas the other side has got to defend the trench. Um, the attackers will die a lot more than the defenders. The defenders can just get guys to sort of set up like machine guns and stuff. Everyone mm. just runs from trench to trench, hoping that you don't die. Much there's like often, World War One. Yeah, there's often <laughs> nothing you can do about it. Right. You just hope. So does the game play out like a bit of like tug of war then? Right? It's yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah, it is. Um, well, tug of war sort of in, often it's just. Often it just goes back and forth over one trench and you'll end up with a draw, which is really evocative of the, <laughs> of the actual sure. war. And then, and then sometimes it'll just be like a blowout and you'll have, you know, one team just take three trenches in a row and that'll be the match. But it, it's, always, uh, it's always pretty interesting. Yeah, cool. Um, I'd probably, yeah, I'd probably check it out. I play a lot of Heroes and Generals, but that's it. Um, it's too arcadey. I want something a little bit more slower paced and, and you know, well thought out rather than just yeah, another well, Yeah, yeah, I'd recommend this one. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So, Kevin, mm-hmm. games. I don't play games. I hate oh. them. <laughs> so I, played, I played a little bit of Elmer 2. I kept playing... I kept playing Star Wars Uprising. I got a I got a little Stormtrooper cadet nice. helmet. <laughs> um, there's a Star Wars thing at the moment. Yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a Star Wars kick. What else? I feel like I played another Star Wars game. I played some uh, like Japanese Star Wars game. For the Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, there's. Oh episode. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. There's uh, there's some. American Nintendo Star Wars games, which are pretty bad. I don't play those, but I play the Jap- the Japanese one because it's like Castlevania or something. It looks like it's it looks like it was supposed to be a different game, and then it got skinned Star Wars at the last second. Because doesn't Darth Vader just turn into weird scorpions yeah, and stuff? Darth yeah, Vader, right. Every time you like you go and you try and fight Darth Vader, and you hit him once, and he turns into a scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> or it turns into a shark or something. Because so they were just... We have all these, like, bosses that we already had. We already had this scorpion <laughs> and this shark. 
It's like, how do we make it Star Wars? Oh, it'll be like a scorpion disguised as Darth Vader. I love that bit in the film. <laughs> it's good. It really scared me as a kid when it <laughs> turned into a scorpion, but I love that bit. It knocks the helmet off and a scorpion calls out just a tiny... I played some of that. I watched some speedruns of the Super Star Wars games. Which looked insane. Right, because those games, like, it's, no, it's no easy feat to beat those games normally, let alone a speed. No, yeah, I tried, yeah, I tried playing them, but uh, it was too hard. It's one of those, like, SNES character platformers where your dude is, like, a third of the screen tall, and so you can't see anything. <laughs> and sometimes, like, what's down there underneath me? I don't know, let's jump, and it's just a pit full of spikes. Yep. <laughs> Just like a, such a, but like a giant pitfall of spikes. Why is it so big? How am I supposed to know that I'm not supposed to go down here? I don't know. So it was a weird time. That was just like all of them. That's just what video games were. <laughs> that were the 90s. As they went further on, like I saw in the Return of the Jedi one, like every single level is like a new character. You've got Luke, you've got Han, you've got like dressed up as a, like a spy layer and bikini layer and then like <laughs> bounty hunter layer and chewy and uh whatever the little ewok is from yeah. return of the jedi cool. just a really like i guess they probably built it up over because they had the other two games first. They probably had, you know, probably two-thirds of those characters by the time they got there just to use them. But there's so many. Um, I feel like I played a different Star Wars game. Did you play Dark Forces 2? I did not play... Sorry, Star Wars, colon, Jedi Knight, colon, <laughs> Dark Forces, colon, 2. <laughs> no, I played. I played a bit of... A mod for Battlefront 2 because I there was some list that was just, here's a bunch of list of fan games because I was looking up I was looking at fan games because we're making fan games and one of them was this mod for Battlefront 2 so I downloaded it I played a bit of it I can't beat second the second level <laughs> but it's pretty good they got a bunch of like scripted stuff in one of the things that makes Battlefront feel a lot more like it's a, a battle where dudes are fighting is that each side just has like a trip count. You start off with like 80 dudes and once you've run out of those 80 dudes, that that's it. You've got no more dudes. And, who, you know, whoever has any dudes left wins. <laughs> um, these parts didn't have that. The first one is like, uh, you were like defending... Uh, I don't really understand what was happening. It was on a Star Destroyer and you shot a bunch, shot a bunch of stormtroopers and you're supposed to like go around and uh, hit different nodes and stuff. The story come comes up in these like big, in these like just pop-ups that kind of come up. But if you click, they just go away and there's no way to get them back. So if you're shooting a bunch of dudes <laughs> and clicking and you get the and you like aren't sure what the objective is or if it's a timer or something, you just click straight through and you'll miss it. That's always fantastic. 
What was this? Is the story text or? Yeah, it just comes oh. up in little because yeah, it's just these guys. These guys mod. It just comes up in little text things. It has a little bit of oh, Lieutenant Skywalker told us to go do this, and then you go do it. I bet the writing's really good. It's it was okay. Like they had they had some kind of interesting stuff. They had some interesting scenarios because in the second one. Because in, in Battlefront 2, they had access to all the clones and all the droids stuff as well as the original trilogy stuff. Right. So the second the second map was this, like, big trench full of, like, destroyed uh, TIE fighters and stuff. And it's all, like, shut down droids. It's like this big, this big waste heap. That's cool. And so they're getting interference from all these droids. So they can't scan the area properly, but they think there's something there. And Luke thinks, like, thinks he can feel a disturbance in the force. <laughs> and so you run in and there's these stormtroopers and you're shooting all these stormtroopers and you collect some points. And the text thing comes up and the stormtroopers like, whoa, wait, uh, don't shoot us. There's like worse stuff going on here than, than us. If you want to take us back as prisoners, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but for now we have to team up and then after that all the stormtrooper guys are allies and so you teamed up you go back to their camp and then all of the uh all of the old broken droids get reactivated and so you, cool. sh- you shoot a whole bunch of droids and you <clears throat> shoot down there like the little stations that are controlling them and stuff i didn't find out what happened after that because uh i'm i'm not very good at it <laughs> What type of monster energy do the droids drink? <laughs> droids probably drink uh, the evil kind. I think that's the yellow one or the <laughs> green one. I'm not sure. They're all uh, they're all really morally ambiguous characters in Need for Speed. <laughs> it's a rich it's a rich character character story. driven story. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to see more of uh, Watto in more uh, Star Wars games yeah probably his own show his own spin-off movie maybe I hope so some sort of his own trilogy based sitcom yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd, that'd, be, work. that'd be great that 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 would be the show it would just be blown a shot on him, him laughing around with his slaves <laughs> <laughs> i guess and then, that's something that is always quite troubling about i i re-watched episode one a while ago and and the fact that Oh yeah, these characters are slaves, but like it's not that bad. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's not it's as bad fine. as what you thought about. It's just work that they can't leave from that seat. <laughs> At least it's work. Yeah, exactly. So well, that's one. One of the sets is his shop. Uh, another one is Mossy Cantina. It's like Cheers. Bon <laughs> <laughs> Tatooine. You know, an episode where he has to chase a few people away from his shop because they're, they're stealing things or and you kind of learn the value of, of money and, <laughs> you know, being a good person. Yeah. Was, was that the um, Christmas special where at the end it turns out they were just stealing because they were poor? Yeah. And then, and then he invites them to the dinner. At the end, it's, yeah, that was that his, was Christmas that was made by the people he owned. Yeah, he had to, he saw the Yoda was the ghost of Christmas past, <laughs> right? And I forget the others. Tiny the Tim, who's Tiny probably. Tim? <laughs> Tiny Tim is I don't know one of the pit droids. <laughs> they were pretty fun. I've heard, I've heard some people are quite upset that this is all canon. <laughs> 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 um, 
researching the the um, bounty hunters that all get sent after the Darth Vader gets to go after Han or whatever he does. I'm not really like I'm trying to look up the events right that happened because I don't really remember it that well. But like, there's a bunch of different times, and some of them are probably not in the movies. They're just in like extended universe stuff. Yeah. But there's a lot of times where, and this time, Jabba got all of the bounty hunters that you see in that one scene, <laughs> and then Darth Vader got all of the bounty hunters, and one of them, one of the kind of less, <laughs> less interesting ones. Oh, he was just harder to draw, so he's not he's not going in the game because I couldn't get it to work. Yeah, right. And he's he's the one who's just kind of got like a weird towel turban. <laughs> um, Denga. Yeah, it's Denga. Yeah. He yeah. he used to like he has a backstory where he and like Han Solo as kids were basically like pod racing champs, <laughs> and they were like rivals, and then like they. Took, they did like a illegal like drag race and then Han won and he got away <laughs> and then got crashed and then he was like banned. He was a really promising up and comer. It's so bad. <laughs> I think it's so awesome. Bad. I think it's rad that they have this, have this weird, there's all, so many stories that there's room for this weird one where <laughs> Dengar has this weird history with Han Solo. And then he becomes a bounty hunter, and then uh, afterwards he uh, retires and he goes back to swoop racing. What the hell's swoop <laughs> racing? I think it's just motorbikes. Oh, I think right, it's just okay. like the speeders that they are on indoor. But oh, maybe okay. they're more slidey or something, I don't know. Thank guy's a fun guy, though. He does look pretty good. All the bounty hunters look pretty great. They do. I like to think that IG88 eventually goes to. Uh, Help Dorothy. He <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Because he does look like the Tin Man, just he saying. He does look like the Tin Man. That would be good. You get uh, do, do Star Wars. That's probably one of the expanded universe stories. <laughs> it's just the Wizard of Oz, but with the Bounty Hunters instead of, uh, instead of every other character. That's <laughs> pretty good. Uh, oh, I forgot to say, um, I got to play a fun little Grognak uh rpg on fallout which are the the attention to details that they put in those uh like pip boy games some of them are pretty good what kind of, is it like one of those old school first person like dungeon crawlers no it's a you like you've got so when you go to a location you get these like really old school black and white sketches of like the location that you're in you know you select your characters that you want to take with you on the quest and then it's just a typical rpg where you know you've got your four action moves and that's it but you know the fact that they actually put it in it's really kind of fun and I spent maybe an hour or so playing that yesterday. You know? <laughs> it's good. There's also Pitfall, and which is which is fun. You got to find like eight bobbleheads, and yeah, it's great. Okay, now we're gonna have a fun little segment. We've generated a, just a list of dumb game names from some website, and we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come up with some pictures for you the titles are midnight freedom armed prototype revolt of war counter of rivalry <laughs> invasion <laughs> and ghosts 
Resistance and Armor, Airworks, Grimsight, Fuse Rush, (laughs) and Bullet Fight. (laughs) That sounds awesome. Gentlemen, uh, start start your engines. I, I really like Invasion and Ghost. <laughs> I thought it was. It looked like it was going to be Invasion of Ghost. I'm like, oh no, it's a bad. It's a, just a really bad generator. So it's Invasion and Ghosts. Even if it was like Invasion Ghosts, like that'd make sense. Yeah, like if you if you were being invaded by the ghosts, or if it was no, these are two simultaneous. Yeah, these are, they're just both happening at the same time. <laughs> We're being invaded. Oh, and ghosts. <laughs> and the, be, but are the ghosts invading or are they... No, unrelated. No. But then what are they doing? Just oh, there. haunting. Um, but that's <laughs> like the invasion is happening simultaneously. Yeah, there's just two, there's two, there's two problems. One of them is the invasion of ghosts and the other one is ghosts. Are you guys ready to pitch? All right. Because I, I think I am. I, I guess... Alright, so my game is called Midnight Freedom. <laughs> basically, the game part of it is pretty slim. Um, it's basically a story about um, a, a motorbike rider mm-hmm. um, whose mum says that they're not allowed to go out at night because they might you know, hurt themselves on their bike. But... They know that their mum gets to sleep at midnight. <laughs> so basically, all the game is is a um, it's a clock with a spinning <laughs> hand. It's on your phone, and you tap it as close to midnight. It, it spins really quickly. You got to tap it as close to midnight you do as you it, can. Yeah, if you do it too early, you get in trouble. Yeah, if you do it too late, you lose points because <laughs> you don't get as much freedom time out on your motorbike. Yeah, you lose freedom points. Um. And then if you if you get it on time, you get a, a FMV cutscene shows <laughs> what type of monster energy drink you drink, and and, and it's a cutscene of this guy or, or girl like riding his motorbike. That's it. Would be a good like eighties TV show where the theme song like has them sitting there like with their <laughs> their head on their hands like with their. Front down on the bed, kicking their legs behind them, just watching the like LCD clock go blink, blink. Midnight. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I'd buy the, that for the, a dollar. The the, the cutscenes um, go for an uncomfortable thirty minutes, <laughs> so you have to wait thirty minutes. There's a, there's to... a monster of the week each yeah. time. <laughs> they solve crimes. Critics have called it technically a game. <laughs> technically a game. They've called it... I can't remember the word I'm thinking of. Bullet Fight. My game is called Bullet Fight, and it is a fighting game where you're not allowed to touch each other, but there's a bullet in the middle, in the middle of the arena, and you can pick that up and... Your job is to get that bullet into that other person's brain. <laughs> wow. With, like, with their gun? It's just like throwing and punching. <laughs> it's really grim. It gets really bloody. It's it's awful. There's even there's even um uh, 
a, a talk option. You can try and talk. It yeah, it's a, it's a very it's it's super based on mind games. Jeez. <laughs> you can like pretend like pretend. You can bluff that you have the bullet in your hands when you don't. You've got it like tucked in your pocket. Hardcore. It's because that one scene, yeah, I was watching Jessica Jones. Uh, yeah, right. I know the scene you're yeah. talking about now. Yeah, because he, Kilgrave, he tells you to do stuff and then you just have to do it. You're compelled to do it. What what platform is this on? This is on uh, the Netflix miracle system. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the game that um, Google Chrome comes up with when you're not connected to the internet. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you jump over cactus. Yeah, and she, he tells her to put a bullet in her brain, and so that's that. What all the bullets have fallen out of the gun, and so she's just on the ground. She has to put a bullet in her brain, so she's just got a bullet and she's trying to put it in her. It's dark times. Uh, my game is Counter of Rivalry, and it is an old uh, text-based fighting game where you have to outwit your opponent by uh, using horribly translated uh, kung fu movie lines. You know, where the dub doesn't actually quite match up to the actual mouth. So, that's what I want to do with this. <laughs> that's pretty good. You just all your, you just get a list of, like, three choices yeah. and they're all just nonsense. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you've got these really bad, like, DOS graphics of, like, a movie in the background yeah. and you just got to try to match up the best lines <laughs> of the, the face. This is good. That's, like, some of the old, like, 90s software where you'd like make an episode of the Simpsons yeah. or something <laughs> yeah exactly and then you can upload it to your favorite uh social media website and see see what happens <laughs> i had an amazing i had an amazing like windows 98 game it was called virtual springfield <laughs> and it was just like it was like mist but oh, of springfield wow. what so the whole the whole city was kind of 3D rendered and you could walk around it. The whole town of Springfield, there was a lot of like character animations and stuff. Like sometimes when you were walking and it would stop, there would like panning someone would come up and they'd do some jokes or something and they'd walk off. But they were all like looked like they were drawn in MS Paint. <laughs> like they were they were on model, but they Ooh. had those jaggy outlines because <laughs> they didn't have any aliasing. And then you could go into buildings and like look through people's drawers and stuff, and it was all just like Easter eggs and jokes from episodes of Simpsons. Ooh. And there was like a weird puzzle that you could kind of put together where you'd find like lock codes and then you know open Bart's locker at the school and stuff and then at the end it told you like go to this Fox website and get your reward and it, it, it there's nothing there <laughs> it's, not, it's not a real website by the time that I had played it the, that website was long gone <laughs> that's pretty great I wonder what was on it I've got no idea you like collected like trading cards of all the characters and it was sweet MIDI music the whole time of the Simpsons theme. Sounds like a massive waste of time that wouldn't get by today. <laughs> you could go to you could go to the arcade and play like some of the 
weird arcade game jokes. <laughs> it was Amazing. solid. Well, it was because it would have been the start of the CD-ROM. Yeah. It would have been this does not have to be it. This is inter- this is an interactive CD-ROM. It doesn't actually have to have a game or any goal. It can just be strange garbage. It's Simpsons in your home. Isn't that enough? It absolutely was. It doesn't have to be a game. Virtual Springfield is a top of the line experience. Bring it I, back. I would not. I, I would not have trained. I would not trade my time with this Virtual Springfield for anything because it was really weird, and I really appreciated it because <laughs> I like The Simpsons. I I don't think you could. I haven't been able to get it. I've tried a couple of times through the last few <laughs> over the years to try and get it running again, but it's not. Oh, that's such a shame. I got the disc. It's a. It's probably the same as they did with the Simpsons movie. It's, it's a donut. You do have it a says virtual Springfield. You donut. do have a nice collection of CD-ROMs starting to amass. There's I do. I do have a. I do have a nice collection of CD-ROMs. Last year you got what, maybe the, the Seinfeld. Oh yeah, Seinfeld. Like yeah. What is it? It's, I got it on the shelf here. Seinfeld CD-ROM. Yeah, that's just what it's called. <laughs> the Seinfeld CD-ROM. <laughs> Nearly one hour of video clips over a hundred screensavers, a planner, and Three a Three and a shot. half stars from USA Today. That no, <laughs> on the cover. No, no higher praise. Fantastic. Three and a half stars. On the back, it's it's incredible because it's it's literally like it's so like this this is this isn't what computers actually looked like in '95. But this is the year this came out. <laughs> it's like Apple II Windows. Ooh. Or like whatever the first Mac OS uh, Windows are. But with like full colour clips of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that into Seinfeld that they needed the CD-ROM? Me, apparently. <laughs> my my, my mum found it at a garage sale and she got it for me. And I tell you what. It's worth it just for the box. That's pretty great. Which is good because I can't get it to run. <laughs> well, if you ever do, you'll be able to print your own Seinfeld stationery cards, memos, and fax forms. Absolutely, I will. Get a lot of use out of those Seinfeld fax forms. <laughs> I wish they had done an episode on, on uh, Jerry's Nintendo addiction because he had the video games on his wall, but uh, no, we never heard much about it. They should have pitched a CD-ROM. <laughs> what the Seinfeld game? Well, they should have. They should have pitched it on the show. They, I, I'd yeah. like to see a. I want to see a show about weird, weird nineties making a CD-ROM. Sure. There's, a, there's someone who's making a a point-and-click adventure. Uh, that's about being an icon designer in the nineties. <laughs> Which has like a, it's like an, it looks like a, it's an adventure game, but it has like a full fledged like editor for making icons oh. in it. Which sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> he gets to do such gems as uh, AOL Online, Re- Recycle Bin. <laughs> um, let's talk about the game of the week. Cool. All it right. was the Beginner's Guide. Shall we? Begin. Absolutely. This guy. Oh, last week I claimed that I did not have to do the beginner's guide because if anything, I was intermediate 
and so instead I chose to play Quake 3. Sure, sure. But it turns out that I installed the wrong thing and so I ended up playing the Beginner's Guide. What a shame. Which for the first few minutes was very confusing, <laughs> let me tell you. All right, cool. Well, I only just uh, I only just finished it before uh, starting this podcast. Um, it was definitely an experience. What's fresh? Tell us your fresh like, your fresh mind thoughts. It's really cool because, like, in the beginning, it kind of feels like just you know when you go to like a gallery and you're first discovering all these like a cool exhibit by this artist and and everything like that. But then it starts to get really kind of no unsettling, and I guess that's what he was trying to do because he's trying to make you feel. Throughout, through like the narrative, you know, he's fucked up, and and what does it all mean? But yeah, it's it's. I've never been a huge, massive fan of complete like narrative games, but I can see their worth, and I think this does a really good job of it. Um, yeah, it it, it was definitely a thing. <laughs> it's good. It's yeah. It's the uh, it's the right length for the kind of thing that it was. It was interesting. You saw a bunch of different stuff. Like it's it's obviously it's it's like kind of vague in a lot of things to make you want to read into it, mm. but then also part of like the message that's being put forward is that just like you shouldn't be reading into these yeah, things. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so it's by uh, one of the people who made. Stanley Parable. Yeah, we worked on Stanley Parable. <clears throat> and that seems... You can see the influence a lot because it's it's a game where... It's a game that's mostly about... Redden, sorry. You being a... Uh, you walking through first-person space and having a relationship with the narrator, which isn't something that happens a lot in games. It's kind of neat because you do get, you know, you go to those places that you're not supposed to and you get comments saying, hey, no, there isn't actually anything this way. Don't bother doing it. And, you know, yeah, I got one of those at the, at the start, the first part where um, where it has that beam that, like, the voiceover is telling you to go into the beam to sacrifice yourself to right. save the spaceship. And I was just waiting there, <laughs> like, I wonder if something's going to happen. And then the Davey, then Ray just comes in and is like, uh, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> like, okay, well, thanks for letting me know at least. There's a few, there's a few moments like that, but yeah. I did, that was the only part that I, I felt it uh, say something to me reacting into how I'd done something. Were there other ones you've I saw other ones like um, there's a level or a kind of bit where they're showing off a, a stairway um, and the further you go up the stairway, the slower you go but if you don't go on the stairway and you start hitting around it you get assured that there is definitely nothing around there um sorry to disappoint you but there's nothing you can find out here so it's a lot of stuff like that and it's it's kind of cool it's good it's better than it's better than blocking you in although like it felt like a lot of times it kind of blocked you mm. in as well like i wanted to jump up on that table where those dudes were talking to you yeah right but they wouldn't let you but that's all right. It's, it's it's strange though because this felt like it felt like when because I I played the Stanley Parable before it became a a, a standalone kind of thing and yeah the early mod yeah, yeah and it too. felt a lot more like that 
Whereas I had a lot of fun playing the Stanley Parable because it was just a different like exploration of what you could do and against the narrator. Um, so it kind of felt like a little bit of a step in the back direction. Uh, sorry, in the in a different direction, but um, yeah, cool nonetheless. Well, it feels it feels like to me that it's because there was an article that put out about how like after putting out the Stanley Parable it was like it had a, like a bad feeling about it like because mm. they spent so long working on Stanley Parable and then it finally came out and then they were looking up looking for which is like this kind of the same thing that happens in mm. The beginner's guide which is the extrinsic kind of motivation of they were obsessed with looking at whether people were looking at stanley parable for game of the year yeah right um and i think that i think this is at least in part kind of about that and that the i don't remember the name of the character who's making all the levels but coda coda um the, they're like the creative part of Davy, and he's like the the rest of the part of Davy. That's like, all right, I built this thing, and let's let's show it to people and stuff. But then, like, then they get like really tense at mm. each other at the yeah. end. So I don't know what that means. Mm. I think that part because there's like in the blog post and stuff, it was definitely felt like. It was having like a really like bad like emotional effect on him and stuff not having I don't know, just like looking being so obsessed with it. Yeah, sure. And I feel like that's probably what I felt like that's what that space with the puzzle between the two doors was like. You were taking a chance going into this dark space and you don't know like you're you're taking a chance that like you learn that once you're in there you'll be able to get the switch to open the next part and then obviously at the end it subverts that because you go in and there isn't the switch there to do it oh right and yeah. it feels like that's um that's like a metaphor for that for being in that for like just being depressed or something that um it happens and sometimes you can see how you get out of it quickly and sometimes you just get stuck I thought like at the very beginning as well it was a nice kind of I don't know, insight into how development actually runs. It, you know, like when we started, it's more or less just putting dumb ideas down on paper to see what you know, comes out of it. And I thought, yeah, it was a fun kind of exploration to that in the beginning as well. But then obviously there was something a little bit more to it later on. Um, yeah, I was actually going to ask you guys, as like people who actually make games, whether that like progression of coders work like felt... It felt pretty legit. Yeah. I think probably, I think probably some of it, if it wasn't actual, like test work and early work, was at least based on some early work or something. Because it definitely felt like, like before, like the kind of early game maker projects and stuff that I'd made. Like I had a bunch, and I didn't show them to anybody, and they kind of got they were just kind of weird experiments where I'd I'd build something. And then eventually I'd come up against some bug that I couldn't figure out how to get around with just the drag and drop. 
stuff and I didn't know I had a code and so then I would leave and I would start a new one. Yeah, cool. But it seems it seems legit in terms of like I haven't used source, but we used um UDK and stuff and that was for building the same kind of spaces and the corridors and stuff. Um and that's yeah, that's that seemed genuine in terms of like this is what an early work would probably look like and as it got more sophisticated or you'd see this other or stuff. even just like just the idea of just scrapping ideas you know because you, you do something it doesn't work and you get something new yeah for sure as a it. hobbyist that's definitely you know before i was got better at doing games and wanted to start finishing them and getting them out there that's definitely what it's mm. like you start something and you explore a bit and then you just leave it because you don't know everything you want to yeah. do with it. So, yeah, like that's, you know, that's how it felt for me and it's totally kind of rung true to the whole development side of you know, making games. It's a shame Jace isn't here because he, uh, he has, he told me that he has notes and notes of... Uh, thing oh, uh, really? notes and notes on of like uh beginner's guide theories <laughs> beginner's guide theories there's like a whole I don't, four like, I don't know. No, he just he just had like notes but i think he he told me that maybe i don't know who he's joking or not but that he's like solved some sort of mystery Ooh. You know? and maybe yes i don't know because there's those About three, the three dots there's those oh, three that's dots right around. yeah what do they mean i just kind of t- t- took it as they were like some kind of just like a signature or something yeah but I thought it was good that it didn't it didn't mention them until like that near the end in the narration where so you yeah. like you would notice Think them a bunch of times and then it's like what do they mean and you're like oh you you know about them too shit <laughs> that was a shocking moment for me yeah fair although there was that whole the the point of the the game was that you shouldn't read into that which is the sort of I don't know, like a sort of contradiction. It brings up all these questions and then says, don't think about them. But maybe the game's just saying that because that's what the actual game maker of the game. I, I don't know. I well, thought I it was fine. I can imagine that there was probably lots of theories and stuff going on around Stanley Parable. And I can imagine that for the most part, they were all nonsense and people reading into it too much (laughs) yeah yeah because yeah it just is that just comes from this one from that idea of the narrator says you go in one door and you go in the other and then what does that mean well it doesn't like it doesn't really mean anything it doesn't say like you could argue it into like uh, some argument about free will or whatever but it's just it's kind of this single idea of video silly video game thing yeah it was a fun time i'm glad i played it um yeah all good what would you what would you give it as a percentile no we're not (laughs) (laughs) i would give it uh i would give it yellow monster Ooh, that's bold (laughs) that's a bold choice That's that's isn't that the evil monster? I'm looking to make waves right here. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, I'm getting a real mango or banana monster vibe from it. <laughs> I was yeah. disappointed at the end because it has that bit at the start where you fly up and you see the maze and then it kind of repeats that at the end, but that's like at the end it starts kind of shedding its like student projectiness and yeah, starts right. being like a real trying to like immerse you in the, you know, this kind of isn't like you're looking through games anymore it's like you're just experiencing like uh what the what the narrator's saying at the end because he gets kind of worked up about the machine stuff and it feels like you're just playing through his feelings and stuff but at the end i ho- i was hoping to see the actual level but it shows you that giant maze labyrinth yeah. that was cool. super cathartic just watching that too it was you know almost peaceful yeah it was i just wanted to see i just wanted to see the actual level. yeah right <laughs> i was bummed out yeah. uh, the whole experience was kind of cathartic at the end of that like it was how, how many of the notes did you read in the note level i probably got through about 20 before i started going all right cool we're done let's let's <laughs> right, on. i get it i get what's yeah. going on i read i read a lot of them i probably read up i probably read most of them up to like the art thing and then past there I was just picked and chosen. Yeah, sure. Max? Um Yeah, I probably read a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was I was hoping there'd be another level with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did wanna say that that um competitive multiplayer component just came out of nowhere. I don't know why that was in there. Did you get? Did your copy get swapped with my copy? Of Quake 3? <laughs> that might be the cause for confusion. When I captured the flag, that um... <laughs> do you remember? Do you guys remember this fight? <laughs> I captured the flag. I, I sh- uh, yeah. Well, good. We'll talk about it more next week with Jace. I'm sure he uh, knows all about the true meaning no that's why he's that's why he's not here he's in his room right now with like a big board of just all the different levels and he's got wire just like (laughs) cotton attached to each one or he was doing that and then the the man in black came (laughs) because he knew too much exactly he's got he's probably got some good tips for rocket jumping as well so (laughs) (laughs) okay Joey, is your turn to pick what the next game is going to be? I will pick... Um, I forgot what I was going to pick. Jeez. You're going to pick Undertale. That's it. I'm going to pick Undertale. I would really like to play that. I haven't had a chance to check it out. I hear there's some really just dumb, funny things that we could really appreciate in it and um, have a bit of a laugh. So, yeah. Undertale's the bee's knees. It seems. Everyone loves Undertale. If anyone that hasn't... And, and, and if it- go on. If either of it, like if any of us hates it, we can say under fail. Oh, that, that too. That, that's that's lined up. <laughs> that's that's a nice lined up. Treat. If, if, we can stick that in the in the box of podcast lining. name titles. Yep. Yep. And uh, pull it out when we need it. Yeah. For anyone that doesn't know what it is, it's a RPG uh, where I believe you don't have to fight anything. So yeah, there we go. Yeah, you can have, instead of fighting guys, you can have conversations with them, and then there's little weird bullet helly segments where you do, to do good in the conversation or dodge attacks and stuff. Sounds fun, and it's got funny writing. 
So yeah, that'll All be right. a treat, and we'll talk about it next week. A treat for next week, and speaking of treats for next week, there's going to be another podcast out next week, and that will be a treat. It'll be a treat for us to record it, and hopefully it'll be a treat for you to listen to Either it. that or your ears will melt off and you'll, you know, go insane, shh, but... Shh, no, don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> we, get them hooked. we have to get them hooked first. And then we'll have their souls. Yeah. Um, if you want to see more hot Sky Pirate things, you can follow us on Twitter at... at... Sky Pirate Studio. Uh, We've also got a Facebook. Uh, we don't use it as often, but every week we'll be posting links to our podcast and we'll also have links to um, our Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And that is uh, just Sky Pirate Studios. Yeah, facebook.com slash Sky Pirate Studios. We also have skypiratestudios.com. We've got a dev vlog there that we will show you stuff that we're working on. It's all good. Soon uh, we'll have games for you to play. Isn't that exciting? Oh, yes. I'm excited by that. It's very exciting times for the crew of the SS Sky Pirate. It's been a very nice treat doing a podcast with everyone. Thank you very much. Uh, have a great week, everybody. I'm going to go watch a B-movie. Peace out, losers. <laughs> <laughs>